So, Dr. Corsi, does the United States have an extradition treaty with the Ukraine, and how might that affect the 2020 <laughs> presidential election? Well, uh, I don't know whether we do or not, but I'll tell you, the Hunter Biden situation is clearly, uh, it should be at the center of everything, but of course, not this year, not when the mainstream media is determined to be Pravda, and they're not, they're not going to tell you anything. I mean, you know, I might as well forget it. You're not going to get any news at all from the mainstream media. And that's, again, something we're going to have to address after President Trump is re-inaugurated, which he's going to be. That's going to happen here on the uh, 20th of January. Today is December 30th. It's Wednesday, December 30th. We have uh, today and tomorrow left in this 2020. I don't think I'll be sorry to see this one go. Will you, Craig? Uh, it's kind of like the Hindenburg crashing onto the deck of the <laughs> Titanic. Yeah, really. Yeah, double tragedy going. Uh, but when you talk about Burisma, it, it turns out that yesterday, we that broadcast that we, we thought was a new broadcast and was reported as a new broadcast from Ukraine was evidently from about a year ago. Or, and again, it's getting impossible to get good news out of the mainstream media or even the even the conservative media. Take a look at this article. I just gave it to you there, Craig, with the um, Hunter Biden and the big guy, mm -hmm. the anatomy of a foreign enrichment scandal. This is um, by John Solomon on his Just the News. And basically he's saying that, you know, for nearly a year after President Trump was acquitted in the impeachment trial, for seeking an investigation of the Biden family business dealings overseas, explosive new revelations have surfaced showing the extent of Hunter Biden's efforts to cash in on his father's name and the timing of key transactions to former vice president's policy responsibilities as, as vice president. And this goes through the whole long history of it. And again, what, what is so shocking here, the Rosemont, Seneca partnership, all the money from Ukraine, the money from communist China. Uh, it goes back to 2013, 2014. It continues. We have Hunter Biden's laptop, which has salacious sex material on it, drugs, uh, clear evidence that Biden was involved personally as the big guy. And, and none of this, it, the mainstream media wants this to be completely excusable. It's all just fine. I mean, it, it, it's shot, never in my life in the United States history that I've seen living have we had this kind of corruption where uh, obvious government corruption of a massive na nature with our enemies, our communist China, and uh, the mainstream media is completely, and, and our Justice Department and the courts completely excuse it. I mean, what do you think, Craig? Well, it's not just excuse it. They complete. They turn around and say it doesn't exist. They, it, they act as if all of this criminal activity by the Biden crime family uh, never happened. And while they, what are they going to open up another investigation into the Trump Foundation? That, that's the problem. Is that it, it's so biased? It's so completely transparently biased that you know the, if you're name is Donald Trump, your entire family is going to be hunted down as war criminals. If you're Hunter Biden or Joe Biden, it doesn't make any difference what crimes you commit. 
And the Democrats, when they accuse the Republicans of you know, colluding with Russia, that's the Democrats who are colluding with Russia. And the extent of the sellout of America, America for Sale, which is a book I wrote in 2011, worried about this issue. Now it's come to full fruition. And we're at the edge, I think, of losing a moral country. And when you lose God, you lose morality, you lose a sense of truth, and we have an openly stolen election that no one is going to do anything about. John Roberts of the Supreme Court refuses to take the case. For the average American, this is a period of time in which we realize that we're entering into a amoral chaos that I'll remind everybody typically ends in world war. Craig? Right. And I think that uh, banana republics are now, uh, we should be envious of a banana republic. It would be a step up to our current condition. Well, we, we just ran an election that would be disgraceful in a third world country. And for all the efforts that Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, many others have made to expose the fraud, uh, nothing gets done. Nothing gets done. And there's no way to bring justice here, which is, to me, the most astounding issue. It, you know, at least you could expect that the Justice Department would care that the Justice Department would do, but no, Barr leaves and says, you know, there's no election fraud here. I mean, how possibly could anybody say that with a straight face? Craig? Uh, well, he pulled it off, Dr. Corsi. So there's the answer to your question. It's a, these swamp rats, these deep state operatives, these I don't know what to call them now. These are just the demonic minions. It's just unbelievable. They come up on a daily basis with these statements as if, uh, do not believe your lying eyes or your, your hearing ears. You're just supposed to take it. Well, I, what I want to say is that I, I, this has got to come to an end, and I think it will come to an end. I think the American people are fundamentally moral. And I think we have a major realignment of our politics going on. Uh, when you have a co everything we've gone through this year, from the Russia investigation ending in crash and burn, no Russian collusion, even though we spent three years. I, I was nearly imprisoned by Mueller because I wouldn't lie for them, wouldn't lie to impl implicate Donald Trump in something that wasn't true. I was key to the making their case. And so, you know, basically, the Ukraine comes along, and, and there's an impeachment trial, and it's, oh, it's Biden's crimes that are being covered up by charging Trump with impeachment. And then Trump's derangement syndrome. So COVID comes on, and we all lock down. And now we're being told by the CDC that masks don't help. Lockdowns actually prolong the illness. Uh, the flu season seems to be almost nothing this year. No one can figure out why. Maybe because we've all had the flu with COVID. Maybe there is some natural immunity we're developing. But I, I've said from the beginning that COVID was a bad flu and that we were overreacting. We were shutting down the economy, and that architected the mail-in ballots. That, that, so suddenly, the Democrats have a way to, to completely cheat. The Democrats want to cheat and lie us into communism and their submission they want to lie us into 
servitude and loss of our rights, loss of God. And I think the American people are saying not only no, but hell no. Now, the fundamental realignment that's going on is one that I believe will create, give rise to a MAGA party. Because right now, the GOP has been completely committed suicide. Mitch McConnell has done everything he could. He did not help Donald Trump campaign. He has been encouraging the um, senators and even congressmen not to object on this uh, January 6th meeting, not to object to the uh, electors who are being put in place by these fraudulent states, the seven swing states. He's asking for uh, no $2,000 surplus because Donald Trump wants it. And under the spirit of conservatism, he's saying, we don't want to spend this money. Help middle America. I mean, the problem is we've debased the currency, and we're at a point where I'm, I'm going to strongly recommend you get gold and silver. But the positive messages I want to give today are with a mega party forming, with, and, and Craig, if you'll show that article from uh, Gelfand yesterday, although he's calling it a constitutional party, Please read this because it is a new declaration of independence. It's pointing out that when a country loses an idea, when we are no longer justice for all under God, when we are no longer a country where we uh, view God and the advancement of human dignity, not this communism, not this social justice, not this idea that basically is a malware of the brain produces insanity antifa gangs going around kicking cars destroying burning cities and we can't do anything about it i mean president trump is like immobilized because the press every time he says anything or does anything he's so criticized it's so much grief for it that it only intensifies the trump derangement syndrome so we're getting a large middle of the country, I think maybe 65% of the country doesn't want to have anything to do with the Democratic Party, doesn't want to have anything to do with the Republican Party. These two parties have committed suicide. Uh, this is, in a sense, the birth of a new age. And these it's like all birthings. It's going to be very difficult. But the point is, we're go we've gone through the labor pains, and now it's time to bring to fruition a new era. This is the Christmas season. We are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's a, a constellation in the skies that reminds us of the constellation over Bethlehem, the day Jesus Christ was born. We are in an era where we could have a thousand years of peace, or we could have a thousand years of darkness. We could have nuclear war in two years. So I believe that as difficult as this is, and as much as people think, how is it possible? I think Trump will win. And today we're going to get a little bit more into explaining why and how. And I think we'll emerge from this, a stronger nation. But it will not be with the Democratic Party. It will not be with the Republican Party. It will not be with any of our institutions. We have now gone through a remarkable era in which the corruption in our basic institutions is obvious. And again, when, you, when we lose God, when we lose a moral compass, this is where we are into difficult waters. Uh, I'm, I'm very encouraged that people are 
Craig, if you'll go to the donate button. I want to make a couple comments. Thank you, everybody, for, for donating and buying the books. If you click that donate button, you'll get some offers. Now, I'm selling my books, all my authors' copies, and these are the last ones I'm really going to autograph of what I've written up until this point. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next in my career. I'm giving it a lot of thought, but I know it will be different. I've written 25 books since 2004. Now, of these books, when you click that donate, I've got six offers here, and I'm, I'm trying to get people to see the, the books, I think. First of all, we've got to change GoFundMe. GoFundMe, they deplatformed us on. And people are saying they're having difficulty with the audio and other aspects. Well, we've been using Zoom, which is a ch Chinese product, and we're getting blocked. Right, Craig? Uh, interference on a daily basis. Uh, unfortunately, Arthur, who's our prayer warrior, has been dumped out during the middle of broadcast now two or three times. It's intensifying on a daily basis, so we apologize, and we are looking at a new platform in order to do our video feed. Well, these special offers, the number one, coup d'etat silent no more. These are my books on Mueller. They're going to be, I think, important books historically. I'm signing them, and we'll have some of those for a while. Number two, America for Sale in the Late Great USA. Um, running out of America for Sale, but the Late Great USA we still have in good quantity. So we'll keep that offer going for a while longer. Uh, but again, those were the books I wrote to indicate 2011, 2012, where we are today. Number three, Minutemen and the Bad Samaritans. These are two books that I've written that didn't get the attention initially that they deserve. Minutemen is really very current book. I wrote it about Jim Gilchrist. I looked at it the other day, and what I was writing back then in 2006 is still, I, I think, even more relevant today, especially when Biden is thinking of reopening the borders again. This shows back in 2006 the corruption in the Catholic Church, the embracing of this Marxist liberation theology. Uh, it shows the La Raza, Tom Perez, who was La Raza. That was a radical group of Hispanics that believe the United States stole much of the Southwest from this mythical Atslan, Aztec something or other, indigenous population. Uh, and again, it shows again how we need to have our borders secured in order to maintain a country. We want immigration, but we want legal immigration. Donald Trump stands for that. Bad Samaritans. One of the two or three most important books I've ever written. It details how in the 1940s we began to take God out of our schools with the Supreme Court. I'm beginning to see just how corrupt and evil the Supreme Court has been on the idea of defending our freedoms. Now, the ACLU, I point out, in Bad Samaritans was a communist organization to begin with. The idea we are to, where we are today has been being architected by communists in the United States uh, since. 1917. I talk in there about one of the founders of the ACLU writing a book called, uh, you know, the United States of the Soviet Russia, kind of USSR, USA. Uh, it, it's a remarkable book showing you how we had to break up family, get God out of the schools in order to produce the LGBT agenda and to normalize all of these lifestyles you know, not that I'm, well, God will handle all that. I'm not here to judge. 
and one or two percent of the population, though, becoming the norm on sexual variations is really not acceptable. Okay, now number uh, four, which is atomic Iran and hunting Hitler, these are the evil guys. This is what we're dealing with. These are the most evil guys. And uh, here we are. Here we are. In a, uh, I've just got to type one message quickly. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a lot of stuff I'm doing right now is getting noticed very high in Washington. I get messages now that interrupt me all the time. Um, yeah, and I'll well, get Trump to this. Trump can wait. In a few just minutes. just uh, tell him that we're doing a you know a broadcast, well, and you'll get back to him later. Uh, I, I will be back as soon as I can. Huh. Just tell him that I've got to ask. Well, I'm going to ask if I should call now. That's quite frankly, it's going to be a day like that today. Uh, number Atomic Iran and Hunting Hitler, which are critical books, and they are the evil. You know, the, this shows what evil is, and. I don't think Hunter, I don't think, you know, hunting Hitler, I don't think Hitler at the end of World War II said, oh, I'm going to commit suicide. I really messed up. No, I said the Germans don't, I'm, the Germans weren't good enough for me. They, they, weren't, they weren't what I thought they were, a master race. And he, I believe, got in a submarine and escaped to Argentina. And there's good evidence for it, including the FBI files and, that I found in the Nazi submarine that surfaced in Argentina right after the war. There were a couple of them. Number five, the America for Sale in paperback and the America for Sale as audio CDs and the Obamination, my book on Obama in 2008 in paperback and the Obamination audio CDs. And then these three books, the Trump coloring book is number six, Good Night Obama, Melania picture book. Uh, all these are for each a donation of $100. And then my books are in the bookstore. You can buy them individually. Craig, we've also got the, I want to show the free ebooks, please. Show the free ebooks so people know where they are. And these are getting, we're going to have more. We're going to add at least one more today, maybe two. Craig? Okay. And what you need to do in order to find those free ebooks is go to the homepage and then scale down, and you'll see an area that says that this is the location for all free ebooks. And at the top now, we just added one this morning. Uh, this is that uh, article or that ebook now that's been created from the Constitutional Party of Americans, as Yosef Baruch Gelfand put it. Arthur, welcome. How are you Hi. today? Oh, well. Thank you, Dr. Corsi. How are you? Good. Arthur is the uh, creator of our affiliate, theprayerfulpatriot.com. And Arthur, I'm just about to get into some of the key news I want to cover today, so follow with us. Okay. Craig, I want to go to the uh, Gordon Chang article in the uh, Gatestone Institute today. He's uh, basically talking about um, the Chinese economy. You know, I, I think I think we need to just admit we're at war with China. That's it, it. May not be a shooting war. It may be one of these what they call kinetic wars you know it's not a um an act we're not exchanging guns or missiles aren't flying we're not attacking each other physically but yet china is trying to as i say america's for sale i i'm confident china 
it basically owns Mitch McConnell, China Mitch. I'm confident the Republican Party is suicided, and the uh, majority of the MAGA party sees it as a uh, swamp party uh, tied to the Democrats wanting the money, the lawyers, the lobbyists, all of that. That Mitch McConnell's probably worth $300 million now with his wife, Chinese, the Chow maritime fortune in China. That's who he is. Not representing the United States of America. He's not representing us, we the people. He's doing China's bidding. We're not paying him $300 million. China is. And China's economy really is, I think, extremely bad with Chang, Gordon Chang, and you'll see Gordon Chang a lot on Lou Dobbs. Uh, I've gotten to know him over the years. Not well, but we, we do speak and we know one another. And China's economy is actually worse than it appears. And they have been hit badly by the virus as well. And uh, the second bullet point here, the government stimulus is powering much of the current growth as our net exports, yet the flood of defaults in China points to widespread weakness. Beijing's spending spree is not sustainable, even with the help of foreign investment. So they can't continue to spread the money around like they have been worldwide, buying everything. Unfortunately, the economy will cover only when China is an effective and safe vaccine. Actually, I think it's not the vaccine. It's the Chinese communist government they've got to get rid of. This last point is the one that's most critical to me, and that is China is fast losing support in capitals around the world. It's not hard to figure out why this Chinese ruler, Xi Jinping, deliberately spread the virus beyond China's borders by lying about the transmissibility of the disease and locking, while locking down Wuhan forcing countries to take arrivals from China. And others are now starting to understand the malicious, maliciousness of the Communist Party. Moreover, they are learning about its veniality. For instance, China this spring sold Italy medical protective gear that Italians had donated to Beijing a few weeks earlier. These guys are criminals. And they have a very weak internal economy. And they created a virus which actually was more uh, deadly in China. And today, I believe it's just dying out on its own. I don't think there was a single thing we did that um, helped tamp down this virus. In fact, I think all the measures that we took were counterproductive. They were really designed to get Americans to accept this self-isolation, to accept government rule, to quit going to churches, to be ordered around by the police while the police were letting... Antifa and Black Lives Matter destroy the cities. Arthur, it's insane, isn't it? Totally. This this is just evil at its its utmost. It that's the behavior. Evil. Yeah, I mean, and we're experiencing it this year. We're we're finally. It, it is a great awakening because we're able to see just how godless creatures behave, and if we want our next era, next thousand years ruled by Antifa, Black Lives Matter, godless communists, lockdowns, diseases, having to take government subsidies, restaurants closing, no economy. We'll have World War III, and it'll be a nuclear war. I mean, I guess the good news of that is, Arthur, it won't last very long, right? <laughs> yeah, there won't be a lot of us left to, uh, you know, to enjoy the fruits of uh, 
what we're supposed to in this country. So we need to stop this right now. Yeah, but I was, might as well mix a martini and sit outside and watch the colorful sky light up. Exactly. Gee, honey, look at the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> might as well enjoy the see the show while it lasts until we're all blown away or die of radiation. I mean, it's you know quite a world we've architected here. Uh, that's why we need to return to God. I need to reject all this. And by the way, the economy is. Let's go to. Uh, John Williams here, which is just, I just got his latest shadow stats. Craig, if you'll show it. I'm afraid to. Well, it's not, it's, this is December 29, 2020. Deepening economic woes and soaring inflation ahead. I don't think I've seen John Williams say anything quite as alarming in 20 years. Look at the, um, looking at the beginning of it. Page seven. I mean, just pick any place and read it. And uh, he's saying that uh, in the context of various computer and server disruptions and related internet issues, uh, he basically has had a hard time putting together uh, fundamental data he relies on. But he is, uh, th this third paragraph there of his summary, the, the outlook has not changed dramatically. The general themes of the uh, elements for the outlook of the U.S. economy, inflation, <laughs> Federal Reserve monetary and fiscal policies are predicting hyperinflationary depression. The pandemic has already inflicted massive structural damage on the U.S. economy and the lives and psyche of its people. While economic recovery should indeed pick up some with effective vaccines and treatments, continued major, expansive Federal Reserve, monetary and federal government fiscal policies already in place, likely will continue for some time well into 2022 and beyond. Uh, I think that means buy some gold and silver. There is our gold and Swiss America. I've neglected talking about it in light of talking about all the things we're dealing with to save President Trump. But if you'll take a look at it, you'll see uh, his. Outlook on page eight, a continuing and potentially hyperinflationary U.S. economic collapse with significant bottom bouncing. That's never good. Bottom bouncing is, means it looks good for a little bit, but not much. And troubling, uh, unfolding troubled and protracted L-shaped non-recovery reflected in a continuous flight to safety in precious metals, gold and silver. At Walking Liberty, half dollar, $12 or under $12 a piece looks pretty good, doesn't it, Craig? Yeah, and I've got that up on the screen right now. And so if you go to the homepage and then you click on the gold tab at the top of the homepage, it'll take you to this. And then there will be a page for Swiss America. And if you click on that, it'll take you to this landing page. And this landing page says the special offer for Walking Liberty, half dollars and uh, shows you a chart and it's tracking what's happening with precious metals gold and silver on a daily basis but you can just uh, fill out that brief uh, uh information box there and hit the go button and you'll be connected with a professional at swiss america if you choose to get at least some more information for yourself even if you decide not to make a purchase yeah continuing with john williams continuing mounting selling pressure on the u.s dollar against the swiss franc 
and as more broadly measured by the shadow stats financial weighted dollar and the Federal Reserve's trade weighted advanced foreign economies dollar, the, the U.S. dollar is in bad shape. Despite recent stock market volatility and current record or near record high levels in the popular U.S. stock market indices, ongoing high risk of major instabilities and a pending massive liquidation of U.S. securities. I wouldn't stay in the stock market too long right now, despite how I take my gains and call it a day for the moment, go back in later. Uh, this is going to be a bumpy ride ahead. It's all complicated by direct supportive market interventions arranged by the U.S. Treasury, head of the president's working group on financial markets, the plunge protection dream, otherwise gained by the Federal Open Market Committee. John uh, Williams has really abandoned the idea of monetary policy or Milton Friedman. He says, we don't, we're not capable of having a monetary policy. We're just in spending overdrive. And spending overdrive is not where you want it to be. That's not where you want it to be. Okay, so that's the economy. And Arthur Thank does you look, so much. Doesn't look too bright, does it, Arthur? No, no it doesn't. But it, it is filling a lot of prophecies that I've been hearing all over the place. You've got to take care of yourself and your families and actually get those coins. You know, get some gold and silver. Get Absolutely. some gold and silver. You need it. But I think, believe me, you may, you may need it more than you understand you need it right at the moment. Uh, what we're going into is hyperinflation, and it, we just keep printing money and handing it out. Right now, while it's being handed out, is it's good. And if you're a debtor, you can pay off debts with cheap dollars. But, you know, this is not a formula for a healthy economy when everybody is locked up in their house by Democrats. Okay, now let's switch to the um, what the next chapter is going to be here. For um, and we covered the free ebooks, right, Craig? We're going to have more of those. Yes, we did. Okay, and I want you to cover the petitions at the bottom of the page, and you can get into our newsletter. We now have a button where you can get your name on our newsletter. Okay, so give me a second to uh, follow up on what you just suggested there. So I've got it. I've got the homepage back up on the screen one more time. And if you go down to the bottom, what Dr. Corsi is talking about is that we have these petitions. So below those ebooks, the free ebooks, and then you go down a little bit further, you'll see the two most recent videos. And below that, the recent books in the bookstore. And then you'll get to the petitions. And so there's three petitions on the site right now, one through Corsi Nation, the other two for Americans from for honest elections. And all you have to do then in order to stop the steal, make sure that we have liberty over servitude and indicate to certain senators it's a time for choosing and to thank them for the courage for standing up is just click on one of those buttons or all three of those buttons sequentially and put your name on those petitions. And you can use those to do a shout out to your friends and family, your contact list as well. Dr. Corsi. Yeah, and we're getting a, a high number of people on the uh, web, website now, CorsiNation.com, including we've got people from Canada, Belgium, and the United Kingdom on the website right now joining us. I can monitor that as we go along. Uh, I want to switch now to um, Pence. Vice President Pence is going to play a pivotal role. Uh, we're coming up to the 6th of January, and I see a lot of focus on the 6th of January. 6th of January is when uh, Donald Trump has called for the MAGA movement to come to Washington, D.C. 
And I think in massive numbers, we the people are going to express there's no support for Biden. The only people supporting Biden are the people trying to steal an election. They're criminals. And they're trying to get away with it. Now, in the 6th of January, according to uh, not really the Constitution, but the 1877 law after a very, very messy election in the United States, we have a meeting of the Joint Session of Congress. And at this Joint Session of Congress, Vice President Pence presides. It's a complicated process because what they do is they receive the Electoral College votes and they open them and certify them. They start in alphabetical order. I guess they start with Alaska and then proceed down through Wyoming or whatever the last state is. And any state can have their electors challenged by um, one senator and one representative in writing asking for a challenge uh, that the electors, there's something wrong with the electors or the election was uh, fraudulent, whatever reason. And then in this joint session, it breaks up and the Senate goes back to the Senate chamber. The House remains in the House chamber and they debate and vote on that state's election. And then they either accept or reject the electors and they come back in joint session. If both houses accept the electors, the electors are accepted. If both houses reject the electors, they're rejected for that state. And if one house, the Senate or the house accepts and the other rejects, then the electors certified by the state are the ones who are accepted. Now that procedure means that when we game this, think about how it could happen, there is a pitfall because the Democrats control the House. And so therefore, just by even if the Senate went for not accepting the electors in, in uh, the various key states, which are Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, Arizona, and, and Nevada, well, the already certified fraudulent electors would have to be accepted. Now, a very complicated process, and, and Vice President Pence has an enormous authority here, and he's going to be central. Uh, everybody now is turning their attention to Pence, and what is, what is he going to do? Is he going to bend a knee to Black Lives Matter, or is he going to support Donald Trump? Now, I believe he's going to support Donald Trump. And we're also laying out a strategy for him, which will be probably by the end of the day, another free ebook. We're going to be putting up more free ebooks. And by the way, in the short time, last 10 minutes, 35 people have downloaded the, downloaded the free ebook. So they're doing extremely well. And the website is probably more active than it's ever been. And we're even in Twitter where our ratings are increasing. I can't believe it. Despite all the shadow banning and everything else, and we are posting on Parler, I'm posting on Gab, Politichatter, uh, Trumpet, CloudHub, uh, you know, Facebook, we're up on Periscope, we're on Vimeo, we're on all these platforms. And we are also podcasted on uh, SoundCloud and many just as audio podcasts. We're getting listened to increasingly. Now, I want to show you how the gaming is done on this. And this is going to be kind of a shock everybody to take a look at this, but Craig, I want you to pull up this law article by this Professor Foley. 
Uh, this is a Law Journal article that was um, published in 2019. Okay, so this is not recent. It's 2019. And when you look at it, I think it's really pretty remarkable because he is actually gaming exactly what we're seeing happening right now. I'm going to try to pull it up here on my screen so I can look at it as well. But the point is, this is a lawfare. Let's explain what lawfare is. Lawfare is the use of the law uh, to destroy the Constitution. It's the use of the law to create socialism and communism, architected by people like Larry Tribe at Harvard. Uh, these are people who basically are in very prominent positions in academics, but are not loyal to the United States as the Constitution. They believe that we should have a, a Soviet kind of type. They want communism. They want socialism. They think it's best for the country. Now, this was an article, and by the way, I was going to look and see what's on the Lawfare website right now because I, it's always not fun, but it's always important to follow what your enemy is doing. And um, they follow us. The Lawfare blog right now is saying that Trump's circumvention of the Justice Department clemency process, they're mad at him giving uh, pardons to Manafort and Stone and others who were so hugely abused by the, by the Mueller committee. I want the Mueller investigators, these prosecutors, they are the criminals. Okay, now, the, what this article is doing, let's go to the article, Craig, if you'll put it up. This is done by a, Edward Foley wrote this. He is the chair in constitutional law and director of the um, election law program at Ohio State University, Moritz College of Law, prestigious position, and he wrote this article in 2019. Now, he's gaming what the 2020 election could be, and he's really talking about the exact point we're at today. Now, when you look at this article, what's remarkable is that in 2019, this article had to be written early in 2019, which is now, you know, over a year ago, given I think it was probably being worked on in 2018, the Democrats already knew wh what they were going to do. They knew they were going to have a, a pop-up in votes at the end of the counting for Biden because they were going to steal votes. They're going to try to justify that. They're going to try to get that by. They called it a blue shift. The blue shift is the pop-up on the lines when you see the counting stopped and then the Mail-in ballots are rolled in, and suddenly Biden's ahead, and then Biden stays ahead. The rest, that's both by the Dominion computers uh, and by, and by the way, we'll later today have a, uh, a, a free ebook showing you how the communist Chinese have accessed, invested into, et cetera, this Dominion computer system and how much lying is going on about it. But to stick to the theme, the summary of this article says, this article considers the possibility that a major dispute over the outcome of the 2020 presidential election could arise, even without foreign intervention. So they're already thinking about all these things. In 2018, they know there's going to be foreign intervention. How do they know that? How do they know there's going to be a dispute in 2020? Do these, are these guys psychic? No. They have architected the fraud going back years, and they knew exactly what they were going to do. Now they're gaming how they're going to make it play out in the end of their advantage.
okay, so even without foreign invention or some other uh, extraordinary event, just from the ordinary process of counting ballots that are a major dispute. I mean, don't, Craig, aren't they telegraphing what they're going to do here? Yes, and that's what the darkness does. They think that they get ex extra points in, uh, I guess, in hell if they tell you what they're going to do to you before they do it to you, and then they to tell you they did it to you. Aren't they pretty remarkable, huh? And then rub your nose in it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, they also tell us what they're going to do, so now let's read what their strategy is so we can figure out how to beat it. Building upon previous research on the blue shift phenomenon, whereby adjustments in vote tallies... What page? During the... Uh, this is just the, I'm just reading the extract, the part in italics at the beginning of the article. Okay. Got it. That usually is the summary of a law review article. It tells you where they're going. Got it. Okay. What the point of this article is. What's up? Okay. And so they knew that it was going to be during the, the canvassing of returns means the counting of ballots. It is easy to imagine a dispute arising of this kind of blue shift where consequential in the presidential race. Yeah, like swung it from Trump to Biden, using examples from Pennsylvania and Arizona, 2018, two states susceptible to significant blue shifts in previous elections. Yeah, because that's where they've been testing it out. The article shows how the dispute could reach Congress where it potentially might metastasize like a cancer into a full-fledged constitutional crisis. That's what it's doing. Most frightening scenario it's where the dispute remains unresolved on January 20th, 2021, the date for the inauguration of the new presidential term, and the military is uncertain as to who is entitled to receive the nuclear codes as commander-in-chief. In order to avoid this risk, Congress should amend the relevant statute. Well, Congress didn't amend the statute, and but that tells you they are seeing this continue. If they lose, if Trump is, is in fact, chosen... Uh, and uh, president on January 6th, which he will be, I believe, if Biden does the right things. And I think, I mean, if, if Biden, if Pence does the right things, uh, chairing the meeting of the joint session of Congress, that's where we're headed. Now, they do a little, the, if we go down to the introduction, the article actually writes a little story as if this, they were reporting on the AP, you know, the, this is how it went. They say, it is election night of 2020. It, all eyes are on Pennsylvania, and whoever wins the Keystone State will win an Electoral College majority. Trump is ahead by 20,000 votes, and he's tweeting, the race is over. Another four years to keep making America great. But the Associated Press and the networks have not declared Trump winner. Although 20,000 votes is a sizable lead, they've learned in recent years that numbers can shift before the final official certificate. Yeah, because you can do all these... Uh, fraudulent ballots, you damn fools. That's what they're telling you they're going to do. They're afraid of calling the election for Trump only to find themselves needing to retract the call as they embarrassingly did 20 years earlier in 2000. Trump's Democratic appointment, he picked Warren. He didn't pick Biden. He picked Warren, who I was picking at that time too, is not conceding. I mean, the race still too close to call. In the morning, new morning, new numbers show Trump's leading starting to slip. By noon, it's below 20,000. Impatient Trump holds an impromptu press conference and announces, I've won re-election, blah, blah, blah. Despite Trump's protestations, the normal process, the normal process continues, 
and updated returns show he's now below 15,000, then 5,000, then it happens. Trump tweets, stop the theft right now. Don't let them steal this election from you. This was written in 2018, probably. What do you think, Craig? Well, and it's uh, it's a script, and they've been following the script exactly, and we are now helping the public understand that we are in a movie, and the movie is steal the election. Craig, you're right. Arthur? Yeah, and, and what's interesting about this is when you see what they scripted and actually what transpired to see how many people actually voted to take this whole thing off of the map and recognize the fact that if they were going to pull this off, it is in such violations that everybody can see it. It's amazing that how God was able to work and get enough people voting to make this whole script null and void. It, it's amazing to see this. Yeah, because the intervention was God, I think, was so many people did vote for Trump that they really panicked, and they had to do this blue shift in such a way that it was, you could see the crime by watching the closed circuit cameras or by picking up what was being said on the cell phones. If we had a justice department that was committed to justice, this could easily have been solved a long time ago. We had a Supreme Court that it decided the Pennsylvania case correctly, it could have easily been done away with at that time. Okay, now, what they're basically saying is that this is going to lead, in fact, to um, a conflict within the... First of all, they were saying they actually do project here that you could have two sets of electors. It's amazing how much this article really reflects exactly what happened. On page 3... 18 of this article. You'll go into it, Craig, a little bit. 318. You can see the numbers at the top of the page. Each page has a number on it. And the it's this is from the Loyola University Chicago Law Journal. Okay, now basically this paragraph here, and you're on that the first full paragraph. Okay, now what there have you got there, Craig? Absolutely. Okay, it reads, undoubtedly, Trump, so now, now they're saying the blue shift has occurred and they've stolen the election from Trump to Warren or Biden now. They, this article said Warren, but it, it's really Biden. Undoubtedly, Trump will go to court in an effort to prevent the certification of the canvas based on, based on the blue shift overtime vote. He certainly would be in a more favorable posture if a judicial decree blocked the counting of these extra votes and required instead the canvassing be certified with a result showing Trump having won the popular vote in the state. Remember that Trump tried to get that done in Pennsylvania, this overcount, and the Supreme Court wouldn't hear the case. They were Even reading better, ahead in the script before they were filming the movie. Well, I mean, this, this it, it, you'll be surprised about how, I mean, this is just unbelievably You'd say, oh, prescient, how did this guy know? What? Because he knew what the plan was to steal the election, and now he's gaming some of the intricacies of how to make it work in the final stage, which is this complicated process of the uh, January 6th joint session of Congress that Pence provides, presides over. Okay, even better from Trump's perspective would be a court order requiring the state governor to certify a popular vote victory for his Republican slate of electors. Then there would be no need for the state legislature to appoint Republican electors directly and no conflicting submissions to Congress 
of two separate certificates of electoral votes from Pennsylvania. They even anticipated that. And now from each of these seven jurisdictions, we have two slates of electors. One, which was the Democratic slate of electors by the state legislature certified, and the other, the Republican electors meeting separately and certifying that they are the correct electors based on voter fraud within the state on this blue shift phenomenon. Now, what they say here is that instead, the president of the Senate would receive a single submission showing Trump had won the state's 20 electoral votes. But if that doesn't happen and Trump can't get it blocked, then they reason, okay, there could be two slates of electors, exactly what had happened today. Okay, and so when they go on now, uh, they are basically saying, well, they, they have some discussion here as to whether or not they would have to have changed the state law giving the uh, election to the popular winner of the election, the electors. But the Constitution clearly says in Article 2, and the court decision of Bush v. Gore in 2000 said that the state legislature could take that power back, forget about the law they had that the electors were chosen by the popular vote for president in the state and appoint whomever they wanted. At any time. At any time for any reason. Okay, so this argument does not, I mean, they're trying, page, um, 2000, uh, page um, 319, the last paragraph, where they say, um, basically, uh, the uh, first insofar as this popular vote occurred pursuant to state legislation enacted using ordinary state legislative procedures, including presentment to the governor for possible veto, a strong argument can be made that this method of appointing electors cannot be undone except by a new statute uh, using the same methods of legislation. So they're presenting, no, you can't just take the power back and have the, so they're going to try to make that argument and that argument will be made. But um, essentially, they know as lawyers and the like, this is lawfare to try to get that architected. They know that's unlikely to work. So they come down to here in part two of the article, which is on page 321, saying, okay, now we're in the January 6th meeting and what happens? Okay, and as the January 6, 2021 approaches, the two parties take to cable news and social media to test various arguments as to why their candidate is the winner to be inaugurated as president on January 20th. Republicans take a specially aggressive position that Mike Pence, as president of the Senate, has the unilateral authority over the 12th Amendment to decide which certificate of electoral votes from Pennsylvania is the authoritative one entitled to be counted in Congress, and that he accordingly could count the effective certificate from the electors appointed by the state legislature because the Constitution authorizes the state legislature to choose the method of appointing electors. The key point about that is that Trump has the unilateral ability to say, we've got two sets of electors. We're just not going to, this state's out. Doesn't get electoral votes this year. Or I'm taking the Republican electors. I think it would be better just to throw the state out. Because if you threw the seven states out, uh, Trump would have an electoral college majority. It wouldn't be 270, but you wouldn't need 270. You like something like 233 versus 213. 
and Trump would be president. Okay, now, essentially what they're arguing is they figure out we better block this somehow or other. We better block this so that um, if you go to page uh, two, uh, 322, they're saying, well, some Republicans are going to use the correct interpretation. They contend that under the proper interpretation of the operative federal statute, the Electoral Count Act of 1887, this is so complicated because now you've got this act that came in in 1887. That's following the Hayes-Tilton election. Hayes was governor of Ohio, and he was, this was during Reconstruction, and he was the GOP nominee, and Tilton was the the Democrats, the Democrats controlled the South. They were segregationists. They were slave owners. Still around in Reconstruction after the Civil War. And it was so contentious that they created an electoral commission to decide who was going to be president. And the electoral commission in a smoke-filled room came to a, a, they swapped horses. And they said, we'll let Hayes be president, the GOP. But in return, the GOP, we'll let Tilden lose. But in return, the Hayes, as president, will withdraw the federal troops from the South, ending Reconstruction. We go back to being segregationists. That was the real start of Jim Crow. And that was the deal made. Okay, now, this Electoral Count Act of 1877 uh, has a lot of, uh, the, the, what they're debating here is that Pennsylvania's electoral votes must be discounted because both conflicting submissions of electoral votes from the state purport to be timely and authoritative under the law, because neither submission has inherently higher status from a federal vantage point. According to this alternative argument, both submissions, in effect, cancel each other out, and there are no electoral votes from Pennsylvania to be counted. Moreover, this argument continues, Pennsylvania's failure to appoint electors in a manner compatible of recognition by Congress alters the arithmetic for determining which candidate won an electoral college majority because Pennsylvania did not validly appoint any electors. Only a total of 518 electors were appointed, the usual 538 minus Pennsylvania's 20. Trump won an undisputed 260 electoral votes apart from the controversial controversy over Pennsylvania because 260 is a bare majority of 518 these Republicans contend that Trump has secured a majority of the whole number of electors appointed within the meaning of the 12th Amendment. And this thus must be recognized as a duly elected president for a second term. That's the key paragraph. Uh, that's the basic plan that's got to be done. Okay, now we'll have an ebook up uh, later today of Trump winning because Pence crossed the Delaware. This is his chance to be a, a Thomas Jefferson. It's his chance to be a hero, Pence. Pence canceled today a trip he was going to take to Israel, a farewell trip, as it were, uh, on the day after the 6th of January, 7th of January. Canceled that late last night, which means that I think Trump has convinced Pence he's going to fight. And by the way, as we in this ebook, that we are going to show you was delivered to the White House late last night. And it comes from a group that we've been working with to come up with a conclusive strategy. And this um, 
this law journal article was uh, helpful in figuring it out. Now, that's the Democrats still argue that the, re, the dispute in Pennsylvania was unresolved. I'm now on paragraph two, 323, where the Democrats are arguing this, and they're saying that no candidate shall qualify for either president or vice president within the meaning of the 12th Amendment, uh, and they argue under the secession statute enacted by Congress, Nancy Pelosi, upon resignation as speaker, he's going to serve as acting president until such time as the dispute is resolved and a president shall have qualified as recognized by Congress. Uh, one of the variations in this is that Pelosi uh, will uh, resign in advance of being promoted to president, and Barack Obama will be chosen as the Speaker of the House. You don't have to be a member of the House to be Speaker of the House. And then he'll advance into the presidency in this controversy that's not resolved by January 20th, 2021. This is their endgame. And Nancy Pelosi uh, will just be a member of Congress, and they'll have Barack Obama for two more years. See, under the 25th Amendment, which limits the terms of presidents can serve after Franklin Roosevelt this, and after Jack Kennedy's assassination. I mean, it was a whole series of things. That, was that 22nd or 25th? Uh, and that's the 22nd Amendment. Thank you. 22nd Amendment. 25th Amendment's removal of the presidency for incompetence. That was after Jack Kennedy. 22nd Amendment was more in response to FDR serving four terms. They limited the terms a president could serve to winning twice or 10 years. Well, they did 10 years because a vice president could take over the presidency when the president dies. So if the vice president took over the presidency of the president's death or, in, or incapacity. With two years left, that vice president could still run twice for president, serving a total of 10 years. But the president died and the vice president served three years of the president's dead president or incompetent president's term. Uh, then only once could they run for president because you couldn't have eight years, two terms served plus three. It was limited to 10. So Barack Obama's had two terms where he was elected, but he yet has two years to go. And since he wouldn't be elected, but appointed president, they're arguing he could have those two years. So this is a plan to get Barack Obama back into the White House. Okay, now, what they're saying basically is that, and they go through the rest of the article, and they're, they're basically arguing for some legislative change in order to make sure that they could pull this off. And um, basically they're saying, uh, the rest of the article is, I don't think as critical as what we've just read, but it's, it, it is important, and I'll have to study it through even more today as we get into this. But essentially, they're basically gaming all the various possibilities about the president being elected, chosen, or qualified within the meaning of the 12th Amendment. Most Republicans claim that President Trump has been reelected, while at the same time, Democrats argue that either Warren has been elected, or if not, then that no one has. Thus, according to the Democrats under the 12th Amendment, it devolves to Nancy Pelosi upon resignation of the Speaker from the House to act as president. That's their game plan. But instead of um, being 
uh, Pelosi, they're going to have it be uh, Obama. Arthur, what do you think of this? I mean, it takes an evil mind to craft this whole entire scenario. I mean, there's a lot of energy that was put into this. But the problem is, is it's you can see how it's doable. I mean, it's it's a genius. It's evil, but it's genius. I mean, and if unless we do something and, and get our prayer work around this, there's a good chance that this could succeed. So we we need to do our things that we can to stop this. Dr. Corsi? Well, I think we're into a, a very, uh, we're into uncharted waters here. And we're going to have to um, be dealing with this in a way that um, we're, we're fundamentally going to have to cope with all this lawfare nonsense, and you're going to see it played out in the next couple of weeks. Now, the the good thing is that we have, uh, I think, enough time here. And I keep saying Jack Kennedy had 13 days. He got the mus- missiles that Russia had put in 19, 1962 nuclear missiles in, in Cuba. When they were discovered by Jack Kennedy, within 13 days, he had them on a boat back to Russia, those missiles. Basically, we've had three weeks here when we've really been aware of what the Democrats were going to do, and that we weren't going to get the courts to intervene. Uh, The Justice Department wasn't going to do anything. Donald Trump was going to be blocked from taking effective measures by his own lawyers who would say, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Donald Trump is now, I think, going to come out more decisively in this end game. And I think we are now aware of what the Democrats are planning to do. The White House is aware of it. And um, we're in the process now of formulating the counter strategies that will keep Trump in the White House. Uh, It's critical that we do this because if we don't, the communists take over and we'll never have another election. And you can see how brilliant they are and how devious they, they plan this steal of this election for a long time. And they've architected it from the law, how they're going to game the law to win. And as Arthur says, it is pretty brilliant. It's evil, but brilliant. Craig, what do you think? Well, they have left the key component out of their thinking because they disregard the key component. And the key component is we the people. And they think they can bulldoze us. They think they can lawfare us. They think they they can imprison us without us saying, well, we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. But I think that at this point in time, the the awareness, the red pilling, whatever you want to call it, has gotten to the point where on the 4th and 5th and 6th of January, there's going to be massive protests all over the country, but especially in Washington, D.C., saying uh, this shall not stand and we will not allow uh, the communists to take over the United States of America. And Arthur, what do you think? Well, I, I think this is this is good. We we need we need to pull the ace in the hole, and our ace in the hole obviously is God. And you know, uh, one person with God directly is a majority. So we need to pull this down and articulate these potential strategies and ask for the divine solution to counteract each one and to undo these. So we'll be working on these on the prayerful patriot to get a petition on here so that these lawfare strategies will fall apart. So uh, we need to work with God on this and let, you know, let, uh, let his generals take care of this. But we have to be very clear in our supplications. Dr. Corsi? Uh, Craig, at the bottom, of the, do you have on our campaigns that these campaigns are very important? Go, please go to them, click them, take action now. Do we have the campaign, Senators Stand Your Ground? 
Uh, we have on the website the petition that's uh, uh, tell the senators to senators to stand your ground. Yes. Okay, that one's now at two point five million actions. And I'm rolling it right now. And that so, has gained momentum substantially within the last week. Yeah, and just may let everybody get to that one and sign up for it and get that out. These are sending emails and messages to the senators and congressmen. This is really important to get this rolling. And so when you click that red button at the bottom of our page to go to that petition, it shows you this landing page. There's the actions taken on the right-hand side that Dr. Corsi was talking about. And then for you to participate, there's a purple button over on the left that says, Take Action Now. Click on that, and you'll become part of the process. Dr. Corsi. I'm also getting texts from uh, Dr. Zelenko right now. Um, he has sent an email to the um, top three Twitter executives, and they are... Um, I'll just put them here, Craig. Uh, While you're doing that, he now has Dr. Vladimir, his nickname is Zev Zelenko, now has his own webpage. And if you go to VladimirZelenkoMD.com, you'll see it. And it's got all the important information about hydroxychloroquine and zinc, the Zelenko COVID-19 protocol, information that you can download yourself. You can see the studies and you can follow along. And Dr. Zelenko has proven through his clinical studies that they followed what he had recommended for a protocol to fight this, that 85% of the people that passed away during this crisis would not have passed away. Dr. Corsi. And he is, uh, Dr. Zelenko is now texting Twitter, asking for his account to be restored. He's saying Twitter's costing lives. Uh, that's the prelude to a big lawsuit. Uh, show also the telemed program. Our telemed program is just, I mean, right now there is a new wave of COVID. Uh, I think it's, I think this is a, a mutation. I don't think it's COVID-20, but I also have that ebook COVID-20. Please look at that because I think it's coming now. And uh, I think we will have more COVID because they found a very effective way to control populations with diseases and we we've just abandoned our uh, freedoms um you know just forgetting about our freedoms blah 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 um uh, it sounds like um mcconnell may even be uh, coming around now mcconnell i've been saying been doing everything he can to defeat trump and he's now it looks like he's pitching a bill with two thousand dollar checks Section 230 repeal and more for, for American citizens. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is you know the the betting pool was that uh, McConnell was sitting on a plan to let the Democrats hoot and holler, then we'd present a solution. Uh, it's not perfect, but I think McConnell is realizing that if we create and we're going to create the MAGA party, it's the end of the Democratic Party, and it's the end of the Republican Party. Because we'll have a centrist party that will rule American elections for a very long time, and if they, if we do want to get, uh, if any GOP want to get elected, they'll have to come to the mega party to get our good wishes, and we'll be having the mega party in Corsi Nation. We'll have a page for it later today. I've I'll got to wrap it up. Inclusive of everybody, but no communists allowed. <laughs> You know, but they'll, they'll pretend they're mega just to get in. That's what these guys do. 
Um, look, we're going to win this contest, and Donald Trump is going to be uh, re-elected on January 20th, 2021. We're going to fight the lawfare. We're going to fight the demons. In the end, God always wins. I expect some miracles here, and I expect this is going to be a rough ride all the way until January 20th because the Democrats don't plan to quit. And expect chaos, expect uh, let's get to Washington. The fundamental reality of politics is that we, the people, are still in control. And we've got a lot of corrupt institutions. We've got a lot to do reexamining. We better get down on our knees and repent for having let our country get to this point. We better ask God's forgiveness. We better pray that God will save our, hear our prayers and save our land. Uh, because there's a lot at stake here. And I intend, for one, to fight it right down to the end. And I intend that we will win with God's help, if that's in the will of God. If it not be in the will of God, God help uh, us. Well, the time for the martinis to watch the sky show as we have a nuclear war. Arthur? I couldn't have said it better. Dr. Corsi, we absolutely have to get on our knees. We absolutely have to get ourselves in alignment with God's laws. And the more we get ourselves in alignment with God's laws, the more that God can intervene on our behalf. It's just the way it works. The closer we get to God, the closer God gets to us. And we need God to undo a lot of this evil that has implanted itself in the nation and come up with the divine solutions for all of this. And by his grace, we will win. Prayerful Patriot, we've got stuff up there. We're going to make um, additional changes in there so that if you do want to do things like fasting, uh, we'll have some recommendations in there um, so that you do it correctly. And we'll also be putting more prayers out there and spiritual petitions. Absolutely get your friends and family together. We must beat this by God's grace. Dr. Corsi. By God's grace, we will beat this. And uh, we can, you know, these demons think they're really clever. They always think that they're smarter than God. They're not. And uh, go to the website. There's a lot on that website. We greatly appreciate your donations. They do keep us going. We're doing this 24-7 right now. And uh, we greatly appreciate your support. We'll keep going anyway. Too much at stake here. And um, in the end, God always wins, and God will win here too. This is Dr. Jerome Corsi with my producer, Craig, with Arthur, who runs theprayerfulpatriot.com. Today is December 30th, 2020. Oh, today and tomorrow in this eventful and painful year, a year in which we can see where we are, We've had, I think, an opportunity for a great awakening, a great awakening and a great revival, a great revival into God's will, and uh, let that be done. And um, we will be back tomorrow with a, a year-end, and we'll probably keep broadcasting right through the weekend. This is too important to let any, any time go by. Um, and keep praying, keep praying, get on your knees, keep praying. We will win this battle. Dr. Jerome Corsi, we'll be back tomorrow. God bless. Thank you for joining us. Fear Always not, victory, stand everyone. strong, stay united. Arthur? Always victory, everyone. Always victory. God bless.